Welcome to the Covenant Life Center podcast. We're so thankful that you chose to listen to this message. To get more connected with us, you can look us up on all social media at CLC Victoria and download our app. Now, here's this. It's been a good series, I think, so far, and we're glad that you're here. Stay standing. Grab your Bibles. Sorry about that. I don't want you to take off and then having to get back up again. We, we're so glad you're here. Second Kings chapter 2. 2 Kings chapter 2, if you have your Bibles, uh, if you have your apps, whatever it is you read it on, follow me. Follow me from here. Again, welcome to all of our first-time guests. Make yourself feel at home because it is a very safe place here. Uh, We love Jesus. We love him with all of our heart and we do our very best to make sure that he gets all the credit for every good thing in our life. And more than that, we pray today that you're touched and that you're changed. How many of you love him this Sunday morning? I love him. He's so good to us. Are you ready? You ready for the word of God? And if you want to follow, listen, if you want to follow us, download our app. I have my notes on the app. There are different things you can tap into, different things that you can keep up with us with, with the podcast and all of the videos. We've got, did you know we looked on the app the other day, and we have people all the way in the Middle East that are watching us. All over the world. I got a letter one time stating that there's a group, a network of preachers in the Philippines that have been been taking our sermons and been preaching them to their entire network. So we are reaching the world and doing things, and God God is so faithful. That he promised it. Second Kings chapter 2, verses 9 through 15. This is the moment of transition for Elisha and Elijah. And when they had crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, Ask what I shall do for you, because I am taken from you before I am taken from you. And Elisha said, Please let there be a double portion of your spirit on me. And he said, You have asked a hard thing, yet if you see me as I am being taken from you, it shall be so for you. But if you don't see me, it shall not be so. So he's telling him, it's very simple. You asked a hard thing, right? It almost almost made it sound difficult and and not impossible, but, but hard, right? He said, you ask a hard thing, but it's easy to receive. And then he said, all you've got to do is keep your eyes on me and watch me, be with me, go with me. Don't take your eyes off of me. You get tired, it's okay. Keep your eyes open because if God comes, if my departure is here and you miss it, then you miss your blessing." Sounds easy, right? But it wasn't. And as they still went on and talked, behold, chariots and fire and horses of fire separated the two of them. And Elijah went up and the world went into heaven. And Elijah saw it and he cried, my father, my father, talking about their relationship. It was a term of endearment for him. He was his mentor. He was his teacher. He was a father figure in the chariots of Israel and its horsemen. And he saw him no more than he took hold of his own clothes, 
tore them into two pieces. He took the cloak of Elijah, or in the King James, it says, his mantle. He took his mantle and had fallen from him and went back and stood on the bank of Jordan. Then he took the cloak of Elijah then he, that had fallen from him and struck the water, saying, Where is the Lord, the God of Elijah? And when he had struck the waters, the waters was parted to the one side to the other. And Elisha went over. And now when the sons of the prophet who were at Jericho saw him opposite them, they said, The spirit of Elijah rests on Elisha. And they came to meet him and bowed to the ground before him. In other words, they gave him honor and respect because they didn't recognize him anymore. They recognized the anointing in his life. And that's where God wants to bring us to. He wants to bring us to a place where people don't, where people don't recognize you anymore. They recognize the Jesus in you. That's the ultimate goal. To become into the image and transformed into the image of Jesus Christ. So what our prayer is today, our prayer is, is that you learn the secret of a double portion of God's spirit and blessings in your life by simply staying focused and you get it and you understand it. And from this point on and from this day on, that God will give you a revelation and an understanding in your heart about how important it is to be consistent, to stay focused, and don't let distractions come your way and detour you from the real reward that God has for you. Because God has a plan for you. God has a plan for you. God has a reason why you breathe. You breathe. There's a reason why he gave you life. And no matter how old you are, how young you are, it doesn't matter. The greatest moment in your life is when you've discovered it and you understand your purpose and God has one for you today. Somebody tell him, God bless this sermon, bless this service in Jesus' name. Say in Jesus' name. Come on, let's make a confession before you sit down. Say this real loud like you really mean it. Say, I am blessed by God. I will receive today. God's plan for me. I am an overcomer. And nothing can stop the Jesus in me. If you believe that, give him one more hand clap. Amen. Amen. And you can be seated. God bless you. Thank you for standing. Thank you for worshiping. I'm going to do my very best to get you moved on. God has just been so good to us. So good to us. It is good to see all of your smiling faces. You know, there are some that are, that are traveling and some that are out and some... Um, that aren't here with us, but they watch us via YouTube and live stream. And we want to welcome all those that are watching off of YouTube this Sunday morning and say thank you for being a part of this church. Let's give our, all of our audience on YouTube. Wherever you're at around the nation, whatever you're doing, we pray God's blessings around and on you. How we respond to situations in our life really matter. How we act when we're under pressure really matters to 
to God more than anyone else. It affects everyone. I mean, you know, remember the old commercial that said, never let them see you sweat? Well, no pun intended, but <laughs> you, remember, you remember your parents telling you, just smile, don't say anything. The advice that people have given us throughout the years has been collectively known to be and have a, a proper temperament to, to not respond to problems. You know, we were trained that way. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but your words will never hurt me. I found that statement to, to almost be false. Because words mean something. Words do mean something. And to a believer, words carry power. Words carry authority. And what you do say out of your mouth does matter to God. Because inside of you, if we're in the image of God and we have, in the biblical sense, we become the sons of God through salvation and redemption through his blood. And if the Spirit of Christ dwells inside of you, then we need to take note of what even Jesus said when he, when he mentioned, the words that I speak, they are spirit and they are life. And so therefore, whenever Jesus was under pressure and Jesus was in trouble or Jesus faced a calamity, it was very important to the people around him, to those who were going to be recipients, to, for him to say something kindred to faith, to say something, you know, what in the world that was? I think somebody texted me. To send something, to say, yeah, N let me back up a little bit. To see something that was going to be relevant to their salvation, it all depended on what was Jesus going to say? What was he going to do? Mary and Martha went up to him and said, had you been here sooner? And Jesus, instead of saying something that would go along with their feelings and emotions and all that he had to deal with in that moment, then Jesus would have, they would have never seen the miracle, but he was bigger than that because he had something inside of him that was bigger than that circumstance. And he chose to stay focused in that moment. He chose to stay focused in that moment. It is true. The Bible is right. Greater is he that is inside of you. But until you recognize that greatness and understand how even up to this moment in your life that everything that you have gotten that's been good has come from the Father, the Father of lights, the blessings of God in your life. And it's all been a product of your agreement with God according to your faith, according to your words. Everything in our life that's good comes from above. I just choose to believe that. I choose to give God the credit for that. I choose to say that I have a wonderful wife and wonderful kids and I'm still married because of Jesus Christ. I, I choose to say that I'm in good health right now because of God. I choose to say I can smile today because of Jesus in my life. I have a lot of problems just like you do. I have bills to pay just like you do. I have haters just like you do. But I'm going to smile today because nothing's going to take my focus off of God. Listen, listen. 
It's, it's like, kind of like that old story between the husband and wife, and they went to church, and they just got into an argument. Has anybody been involved in intense fellowship with your spouse before you got to church? Anybody? How many of you have ever argued right before church at home? And then you get to church, and then you're in the moment. You're worshiping God. Everything is good. You're just, hallelujah. That's so good. And then all of a sudden, your spouse is looking at you like, you big hypocrite. Right? This couple went to church, and, and the preacher was preaching, and, and the husband and wife got into an argument, and the, and, and, the, and the lady stood up, and she was just, amen. You preach a pastor. Hallelujah. And the husband looked at her and said, you hypocrite. And he looked, she looked at him, and she said, hey, I'm mad at you. I'm not mad at Jesus. Right? The ability to stay focused no matter what happens is exactly the purpose you have been called for in this world. To keep a smile on your face when everyone else is sad. To keep a faith lifted up inside of you when everyone else is vulnerable to all the news and the media. To know that no matter what happens, no matter what comes your way, as for me and my house, you got to recognize we're going to keep on serving and living and, and worshiping God and putting him first. So how we respond to life. How we respond reveals something about our beliefs, our values, our, our priorities, our spiritual condition, and focus on any particular moment, anything that happens. You really don't know how much Jesus you have in your life until you have come across a problem or a person that one person, how many of you, don't raise your hands because they may be sitting next to you. How many of you have a person in your life that you know just doesn't like you for some reason? You just, no matter how hard you try, you've even brought them Starbucks in the morning. Double shot. They still don't like you, and you can't figure out why. We talked about it last week. Jesus looked at Judas and considered his trouble to be a friend because it's going to be that person that's going to make a great Christian out of you. That person is going to help develop the love of God inside of you. That person, they may not believe like you, but maybe they were never meant to believe like you. Well, that's scriptural, and I'm going to, I'll give you some scripture to back that up. I believe everyone's meant to be saved. But listen, you do the loving, you let God do the saving. Don't get all worked up and don't feel like you're failing in your position, in your place, if you can't change everyone's hearts and minds. You were never meant to change their hearts and minds. You were only meant to love on Jesus, love on people, and let the Holy Ghost change people's hearts and minds. So he puts things in proper perspective. You have to know what your job is and what his is. Right? 
All you're supposed to do is be an ambassador, a representative to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, all your might. And secondly, is to love your neighbor as yourself. And therein lies all the laws and the prophets and all of those patriarchs that came before us that we're relying on and we're trying to obtain. There lies the secret to Christianity. It's your ability to stay focused, not get sidetracked. But because we live in a fallen world every day, every day is filled with trials. Every day is filled with obstacles. Every day is filled with irritations, things that may test us, things that come your way. I'm going to tell you, never pray, God, uh, make the world perfect but your, your worship and your praise should always be, God, thank you. Thank you for being perfect and the perfect answer for an imperfect world. And thank you for living inside of me and working in me. It's about him changing you. And then when things test us, like refining gold. How you can tell that gold is real is, is allowing it to go through the fire, to seek out its impurities, smelt, smeltering it, and just knowing that if there be anything that's false, it's going to be proven under the fire because that's what it was meant to be. It was meant to be exposed. Anything inside of us, I promise you, if you want to get the true value of who you are and understand and appreciate your giftings in life, then let trouble hone them. Let things come and don't deny them. Embrace, embrace your trouble. I know that sounds kind of, kind of like a contradiction. Who wants to embrace trouble every day, right? I'm not saying look for trouble. I'm not saying be trouble. I'm saying when trouble comes to you, face it and meet it where it meets you. And don't be afraid. And don't run away. Because you're never going to overcome that. And you're never going to be what you were meant to be if you keep running away from it. You have to allow the Jesus, your God, the glory of God, the power of God, the love of God, the faith of God, everything that he put inside of you to begin to seep out of your life through praise, through trust, through faith, through love, through action. When you face a circumstance... So when that heat comes to you, whatever is pure, whatever is right, whatever is honest from God, whatever is still there that comes from it will remain, and you'll find out before it's all over that when it's done, when it's all said and done, that you're going to come forth as pure gold, pure gold, pure faith, stronger than you were before. Your reward is to be more like him. But we face trouble every single day because it's just in this world, folks. It's happening. My heart aches for those in the Carolinas right now. My, my you can, I mean, if, all you're, if, if you're, all you're watching is the news, I promise you, you're probably going to be the most depressed person in this world. Because all it is right now is nothing but debate, slander, 
events. Look, let me help you. And if you're keeping up with the times just on Facebook, and by the way, just because you have a thousand friends doesn't mean that you have a thousand people that will show up at your door when you're going through trouble. That is the most Facebook. I'm on Facebook. I think it's a wonderful marketing. I think it's probably the best marketing tool that's ever been created. And it's great to keep up with family and friends. Have those benefits. But it is never, it will never, never in my life replace the fact that the only true relationship that I have in my life are those who are in proximity with me. The reality is, is that I'm not dependent on who likes my status. Oh, my God, nobody liked what I just said. I better go delete it. So-and-so reposted the same thing. She got 10 likes. No, but I'm just forget it. I'm going to get off Facebook. Social dependence. It's an addiction. Get your face. Are you ready? Put on your seatbelt. Get yourself out of Facebook. Get your face in the book. I'm just a friend. I'm just a friend. I'm just a friend. You've heard that expression. It's not the first time it's been said. But it's true. Because we think that in the world that we're living in, we can almost be deceived by all the accusations. Is that even a word? I think it is. Here's what I'm going to tell you. You live in a fallen world. That's okay. We all fall, but we get back up. So someone once said this, talent is formed in solitude, but character is formed in the storms. In the storms of life. You can develop your talent, but your character is formed through pressure. The one thing that Elijah had to face, Elisha had to face was his ability to be focused and be consistent and not have anyone else distract him. That's what it was. That's why I'm saying all of this in the beginning of this lesson, because your biggest challenge is not the ability to see or really understand. It's your ability to stay focused. All of us believe in the Word of God. Am I correct? Raise your hand if you believe in God's Word. All of us, all of us believe that God is real. Raise your hand if you believe that. All of us believe in the Spirit of Christ. Everyone, you believe in the Holy Ghost, right? You believe in the Spirit of God. You believe in the Holy Spirit. And everyone knows that he is omnipresent. Raise your hand. I believe that. Everyone knows he's omnipresent. That means he's everywhere at one time. That means he sees my problems. He knows where I'm at. You believe he's omnipresent? I believe he's omnipotent. I believe he has all power. 
So there is nothing going on. There isn't anything going on in my life that God doesn't see. And, and he sees the beginning from the end. He is Alpha and Omega, right? The beginning and the end, that means that he is eternal. He sees things when they're done. He sees things before they happen at the same time. So what's our problem? It's distraction. It's people. I'm going to give you my first point. And I'm going to help somebody this morning. Number one, a single heart produces a double portion. Elisha had to keep his eyes on Elijah. Just like you and I have to keep our eyes on Jesus. Last week I mentioned this scripture. Last week I talked about how that even the disciples, even the disciples, when they were meeting with Jesus. They saw him depart. And the angel said, just like you saw him leave, he's going to come back into your life. And they waited. And they received their double portion on the day of Pentecost. They received their double portion in Jerusalem. And their double portion was they were born again. And so there's a correlation here. There is a correlation. But the key for them was, oh, he told them, the disciples, go to Jerusalem and wait for me. That's all you got to do. Wait for me. Just wait in Jerusalem until you be endowed. Same thing for Elisha. What do I have to do? I want a double portion, Elijah. All you got to do is wait. All you got to do is keep your eyes on me. Stay focused. If you can stay focused, you're going to make it through. When that time comes, you're going to get what I had. That's it. Jesus, we want to cast out devils. I can imagine what the disciples said. Nicodemus came to him at night in John chapter 3, even approached him. Rabbi, we know you're a teacher sent from God. No man can do the miracles that thou doest except God be with him. When I quote scriptures in the King James, because that's how I learned it. No one can do the miracles that you do it's because it's just impossible. I've never seen it like this. And Jesus looked at Nicodemus and said, except a man be born again of the water and of the spirit. Gave him the root to his problem, kept it simple, or his answer he was looking for. In other words, God isn't complicated. He's very simple, but we complicate it. And the thoughts that come to us and the counsel and the people we are around and the distractions that come in our life and the problems that are there, we think that they're bigger than our God, but they're not. They're not. I want to read you a scripture, but many, many things could cause instability. It could cause instability by, by the things you think about. It can be a relationship. It can be the wrong meditation, what you keep on thinking about, what you keep on feeling. It could be feelings, emotions. I want to read you something. I have, I have used this scripture. This scripture has been my life song. It has been what I built my life on, my family, this church, uh, uh, relationships, business. I've kept this as, as just something that has been the staple of my spiritual diet and prayer life. It's been Psalms 
chapter 1. Psalms chapter 1 is my, I love this scripture. I have, I have referred to it time and time again. Blessed is the man who walks, who walks. Everyone say walks. Not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scoffers. But his delight is in the law of God. Someone say that man is focused. He got to be focused. His delight is in the law of God. And on his law, he meditates day and night. Well, I don't know if I can meditate on God's word day and night. Yes, you can. Come on. You can take a little scripture and memorize it throughout the day. You can keep, you know, here's a secret. Are you ready? Look, I love, it. I love 80s music, right? I do. I love, I go back sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes I get a little, got to take the edge off sometimes, right? But, but let me help you. Too much of that is going to make you toxic. So listen, here's a secret. Play some Christian music. It'll help you. It'll help keep your mind on him. It'll help you stay focused. It'll help you. Med- med- some songs recite the word of God, and you can help you. You know? Country music. No wonder. Right? All my exes live in Texas. Well, no wonder. No wonder, right? I don't know what country music sounds like now, but, but before uh, I got saved, I heard songs about, you know, dancing under the neon moon. Looking for love in all the wrong places. You remember that one? No no wonder. And that's all you're listening to. Guess what? Your life is going to reproduce what you're taking into your heart. I'm not knocking uh, crunchy music. I said crunchy. I'm not knocking it. Well, yeah, I am knocking it. I am knocking. I just kicked it over, really. See, people have judged. People have judged you because maybe you—that's all you listen to—is Christian music, but they don't understand what it does for your soul. I don't care what anybody says about me. If I want to listen to praise and worship music, I'm doing it because it's the Holy Ghost that wants to listen to it inside of me. That's really what it is. So don't—if I come around your house or I'm in the car with you or whatever happens. If you've got it on another station, I'm not going to judge you. Oh, my God, Pastor Bobby, my kids, I can't, they always change the stations when they come in my car. <laughs> I like good music. But my spirit, why am I talking about music? Who am I talking to? That's why we spend all day praying. I'm not against it, but I've got to tell you, the art of Christianity is found in discipline. We are called disciples of Christ. I'm going to get off of that, but I can't. I can't get off of it. 
it may not be what you're actually, you know, giving out. It could be what you're taking in that's affecting your thought process, getting you off focus, to get you off focus. So I'm going to continue. The man who meditates on God day and night, verse 3, he's like a tree planted by the streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and his leaves do not wither. And all he does, everyone repeat this after me, he prospers. Say, I'm going to prosper. Say it out loud, I'm going to prosper. I'm going to get planted. But the wicked are not so, but they are like the shaft of the wind that drives it away. And therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, not, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. In other words, that you can, listen, you're not a sinner. I know that people say this all the time, we're all sinners. Hold on a second. You're a sinner when you're living in sin. When you're forgiven, you're called a saint. We all fall short. I understand that. And that's very wonderful of you to be a a very humble person and say, well, I'm just a sinner. Hold on a second. You're a child of God that got saved from sin. I'm not saying that, you know, I'm not trying to be arrogant and trying to be boastful or or try, but listen, the truth of the matter is you're covered by the blood of Jesus Christ, folks. He brought you out of sin. Do I have anybody that believes this? Yes, we all fall. Yes, we all make mistakes. But because you're covered by the blood, when Jesus looks at you, he doesn't look at you as a sinner. He looks at you as a child, his child. So the blood of Jesus is powerful. So in the congregation, this is what the scripture says. He says, even in the congregation, there are people that are choosing to do the other, live the other way. Not meditate on him. They're taking the counsel of the ungodly. Let me, let me break this down for you. Let me break this down for you, help you. So, so the very first thing it mentions is, is walking, right? Let's use this. Walking. Then the next thing it says is standing. Right? Then the next thing it says is judging. Uh oh. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. The number one question you have to ask yourself is who are you walking with? Who are you taking advice from? Blessed is the man who takes, who doesn't listen to the wrong advice. And that word man is not just gender towards men only. It's men and women. Blessed to say person who isn't walking in company of someone that all they do is gossip. Let's just call it out for what it is, right? All they do is talk about somebody. All they do, listen to me, everyone, listen to me. People who have a victim mentality 
use an episode of something that happens in, your, in their life or someone else's life as a pacifier for an excuse to talk negative. Did I say that right? I'm going to say it again for everybody to hear. People who have a victim mentality use any incident that happens in their life and others as a pacifier to talk negative. And all they're doing is keeping you down because they're down. Misery loves company. Who are you walking with? Who are you walking with? Who's giving you advice? Who, ladies, oh my God, I'm a, I'm a pastor today. Ladies, are you getting advice from a woman who's been through three marriages? Ladies, are you getting advice from a woman who's going out to the, oh boy. Don't hate me. I mean, I know you hate me because I'm beautiful, but just don't hate me because I'm being a pastor. <laughs> got to tell you, I just got to be a friend, right? Faithful of the wounds of a friend. I just got to, I got to pastor and tell somebody, if your counsel is not coming from that word and from prayer, and the prayer doesn't line up with that word, then be careful what everyone else has to tell you about what they think about your circumstance. Don't go to somebody who has a history of conflict in their relationships just because you want them to agree with you in the moment. Oh, that's right. People know, and you know. Well, you know what? I'm just going to call them and talk to them about because you know they're going to agree with you because you know they're going to amen you. Because you know they're down just like you are right now. Jesus, here's, but here's the point. When Jesus was resurrected, when Jesus was re resurrected, all of them were sad. And they were walking amongst themselves by the beach. And they were walking sad, kicking shells. And Jesus showed up and said, what manner of conversation are you having seeing that you're so sad? And they said, have you not heard? Don't you know that the Christ, the one we thought was the Messiah, had been, has been crucified, and he walked with them. Listen to this. And he walked with them, and he also ate with them, but by the Spirit of God, they didn't know who he was. But when he left, they said, don't leave us. Stay with us, because he was speaking faith and love and hope, giving them understanding, good counsel, uplifting counsel. I want to be the kind of person that when you come away from my presence, you feel more faith, not more sad. You feel more stronger, not more weaker. You feel more encouraged, not discouraged. Turn to somebody next to you and say, you need to stay away from vampires. Stay away from people that suck the life out of you. My God, people that just suck the life out of you, right? Hombre, mira, hey, have you heard? <laughs> Did you know? You didn't know? Mira, we got to pray. <laughs> That's the excuse. Mira, I got a prayer request. Hello, Cece? Right? Have you heard? 
please. Don't, don't, don't cover a gossip session with a prayer request session. That's just wrong. I don't care who you are, man. That's just wrong. My God. The Bible says that when Jesus left them, when Jesus left them, they said to themselves, did not our hearts burn? I've always known God's presence when I'm in prayer to burn my heart. You got to make sure that you're taking the right advice from the right people. When you're walking with people, here's what it should be. You should always leave. I'm going to put this word. Yes, right here. Edified. That means to build up. If you're around people when you feel broken down all the time, okay, I can't tell you what to do, okay? But I just got to tell you, if there are Jonah in your life and every time you get around them there's a storm, sometimes you got to choose who you're going to lose in order to win. Sorry, but some people are anchors. And it's not, and I'm going to clarify something, I'm going to move on because this is a strong subject. I felt the Spirit of God tell me to teach on this, and I'm, I'm going to just clarify something. You can be friends and love everybody, but you don't have to give them all of your heart and your time. You can be friends with everyone, you can love everyone, but you don't have to listen to their counsel and always go and. And, and you can still be a Christian. It's, it's not being unchristian-like to not want to talk to them about problems. Can I give you advice how to change a problem? How many, of you, how many of you would like to know how do I deal with a negative person? Can I, can I just give you some advice so we can move on? Here's how you deal with it. I told a girl one time, I tell my daughters this all the time. I'm going to give you an example. My daughters asked me before, Daddy, they're hitting on me. Sorry. <laughs> My advice to them is bring up Jesus. <laughs> Talk about the Bible. It'll change it like that, boy. How do you change it? Start talking about Jesus. Talk about the good things of God. It'll change it. You good? Okay, here we go. The second one he said, blessed is the man that what? That stands, nor stands in the way of sinners. In other words, that word stand means to have conviction, to represent and to stand for. In other words, you have to be sensitive enough in your life to know when you're standing for something that's wrong, contradicts the Bible, contradicts your relationship with God, because what you stand on, if it's not from God, the scripture says to that man, he's like he's building his house on a, on a, on a foundation of sand. You're not going to be able to withstand the storm. You won't be able to stand. But what are you standing for? What are you standing for? That's the question. In order to receive double in your life of God's blessings, I receive more from God. Because listen, it is God's intention 
when he finds you not to leave you the same. God always wants you to have more, to elevate you, to grow you, to prove to you that he is greater than your present and last circumstance. But what you stand for matters. What you stand for matters. You have to have convictions in your life. I've had people mock me, and I'm going to be honest with you. I've had people make fun of me because I don't drink. Oh, you're not cool. I don't care if I'm not cool or not. I don't care. It's my choice. It's my choice. I have people make fun of me because I stand, because I stand in the fact that I believe Jonah was swallowed by a big fish. They think I'm crazy. I don't care what you think. I believe the Bible is true. Listen, don't be afraid and ashamed of believing in the word of God. When people ask you what you believe, don't reply with a, just a general response of, you know, this is my opinion. Don't reply in a general response. Oh, I, I have faith. I believe in faith. Well, that's great. I believe in faith in Jesus Christ. I believe the Bible. Know what you stand for, and you can't cover up. Here we go again, Lord. It's on me today. I'm telling you, the shepherd is on me today. He, oh, thank you. Praise God. Here is, here is, here is the, the response to, to how to, to, to deal with people that want you to stand for something you don't believe in. Are you ready? Very simple. Learn how to say no. No, thank you. You can be polite about it. You can add a thank you on there. No, thank you. No, that's okay. No, that's not me. No, that's all right. Because I know sometimes your nose can be harsh, and people look at you like, oh, excuse me. Too good for me. Right? No. I can't. I won't. Had a buddy of mine come to my house after I got saved. He said, come on, Bobby. Right after I got the Holy Ghost, right after I got baptized in the Spirit, one of my buddies came to my house. When my wife was in the living room with us, she walked upstairs for a moment. We were by ourselves, and he looked at me. He goes, come on. I came here tonight to break you out. He goes, all the girls been asking for you. I said, sorry, man, I can't do that. I, 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 he didn't understand it, but I said it, and it changed everything. I said, I've got the Holy Ghost now. He didn't know what to do with that. <laughs> what? It doesn't matter if they understand you or not. You got the job done. Somebody, is there anybody that has a backbone in the church still? Is there anybody that, listen, you ain't got to be rude. You, don't, you can still love them. Just say no. And the last one and the third one is, he said, blessed is the man who doesn't sit in the seat of the scoffers. In other words, that person who's going to judge everybody because they feel like that they have it together. They feel like they have never failed before. 
I know, I'm going to tell you right now, I'll be the first to tell you, I am not a perfect man. Don't try to figure out why I'm not. <laughs> I am not a perfect man. I have made mistakes in my life. Don't, don't try to figure out my mistakes. Y'all are so crazy. I can feel that. Oh, my God, what did he do? <laughs> I don't know if I should go to church here or not. Did you hear? Did you hear? See, see? Pastor Bobby said he's a sinner. <laughs> I'm not perfect, but neither are you. You know, he said, I turned that around. Stop. We're not perfect, right, Jess? We're not perfect. We don't have it all together. But we do stand for something. Yeah. We do try to listen to the right counsel. And I do know when I have accused somebody of something, I pointed the finger, I got three more coming back at me. Because... I understand. I'm not going to judge you. Just because I don't drink doesn't mean I'm going to judge you because you do. Now, I don't condone it. I'm going to tell you right now, I've never seen somebody, I've never heard anybody say, oh, my God, my family's together. My, 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 I just got a blessing in my life. Uh, me and my, my marriage is stronger. My kids are going to church every week, all because I started buying a pack of Bud Light. <laughs> I've never heard, I've never heard that before, you know? <laughs> who helped you Jose Cuervo he's so wonderful to me you're not going to believe it he helped me in my marriage right am I being real with you <laughs> I'm being real with you I'm being honest with you and I'm telling you you're going to have to know what you stand for and choose the convictions in your life and not be afraid to stand for them. But don't, at the same token, don't go around judging everybody and shooting them off their, off their you know, listen, you can't do that. You can't do it. You, if you're going to see them saved, you have to love them. You have to pray for them. You have to begin. Look, do you believe in prayer? Do you believe that prayer works? then start praying for them. And the moment they got a God thought in their life is the moment that that prayer life that you've been hovering over their soul is going to flood into their hearts and minds. The moment they have a one thought about God, God can begin to deal with them because trust me, everybody, everybody has trouble. The old saying is, there is no atheist in the foxhole. Everyone has trouble. Everyone needs prayer. Oh, man, I've had, I've had things happen for me, knowing people. They knew what we stood for. They knew that we loved God. And, and, and there have been times where they've asked me, let's pray. And I thought, wow, I never thought they'd ask me to pray with them. How did it happen? Because they know that you're consistent. You're consistent. You're focused. You're focused. That's what I'm trying to tell you. If I can take all of this right here, it would be summed up in this one word. Blessed is the man who's focused. That man's going to prosper in all that he does. That person is going to make it. Come on, Haley. I went longer than I should have. <laughs> but that person is going to produce fruit. And when your season comes, here's, a, here's the awesome part. You're focused, right? You're focused. 
okay, Elijah, you told me, stay focused, and his season came. It wasn't even long after they had their conversation. You don't even know how long it's going to be. I wouldn't take one second for granted when God gives you a promise. I would keep on doing everything you did prior to the promise, and I would intensify it to see and watch God fulfill it. I would keep my eyes on Jesus 24 hours of the day, seven days a week, 365 days of the year if you told me to watch him because if you miss it, you're going to miss your blessing. I'm going to tell you something. Don't be, don't be at the bus station when your train is coming in. Stay focused on him. Don't get sidetracked. Your season is coming. Your season is here. And he saw it and he saw it and he and the mantle fell and he took it then he said this he realized it wasn't in the mantle it was in the word of the prophet it was in the promise your promises is in things even though things show up even though opportunities show up but even Elisha said now he made this declaration he took the mantle he took the garment he hit and smote the waters and he said where be the God of Elijah in other words, he understood it wasn't in his talents. It wasn't in his garment. It was in his God. Just stay focused. Just stay focused. And focus doesn't mean you're just looking at Jesus the author and the finisher of your faith. It's your working for Jesus. Staying focused means you can't let anyone interrupt your prayer life. You're praying to Jesus. Staying focused means you can't let anyone take away your worship. Give your worship to Jesus. Staying focused means that you're doing it on Sunday and you're doing it on Monday. You're doing it on Tuesday. You're doing it on Wednesday. You're staying focused. And I'm going to tell you something. If you'll stay focused, you'll start to see your promises come to pass. If you don't have a promise, you'll get one. You'll get one. Our mission here at Covenant Life Center is to help our world live, give, and love like Jesus. If our ministry has impacted you in any way, we would love for you to email us at info at clcvictoria.org. You can get connected with us through our social media at CLC Victoria and download our app.